P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Ah, uh, Shelby, I dare you to take two sips of this beer. <laughs> That's a really good impression of a tween. You should be proud of yourself. Thank you. you Thank really you. You captured the essence of an 11 year old. Mm hmm. I've been told, <laughs> yeah, that, that I basically am an 11 year old still. So this makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should say up top for this episode that usually we're not explicit in our in our episodes. We try to keep these like fairly PG, family friendly, but this is a very hard R comedy, <laughs> and I feel like deals with a lot of adult material, which we will mm-hmm. not be really mm-hmm. able to steer clear from. So, yeah. if you have children, maybe this isn't the best time to listen to this. <laughs> Or if you're at work, maybe put your headphones in or something. Like this I'm could get dicey. Yeah, what are you gonna say now? I'm I'm curious to see how this goes, but I'm excited. I mean, do you wanna try to give a PG plot synopsis <laughs> of this movie? <laughs> Have at it. Yeah, we'll try we'll get into that. But um first there's a trailer I'm really excited to uh, unpack with you. Yes. The trailer for Underwater, which was fully a movie I had no idea was Never happening. Heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, it mm-hmm. stars Kirsten, Kristen, Kristen, Kirsten, Kristen Stewart, <laughs> Kirsten Stewart. What now is her name? Me off. Now I don't remember. Kristen I want to say it's, Stewart. Kirsten. I want to say it's Kristen, but now Kristen. let me see. Kristen Stewart. The girl from yes. Twilight Kristen who plays Stewart. Bella, <laughs> Kristen Stewart, is in this movie, which I'm a little confused about from the trailer, exactly the situation, but they're underwater, like deep in the ocean floor okay. in like a submarine so or a... This is the story, right? They're, they're explorers. Okay. They're, they're going where no man has gone before. They found a way to travel to the bottom of the ocean and then gone even further, I guess. I don't know. There's seven miles... Beneath the surface is what the title card says. Is that a lot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is a lot. But I think it's I think it's seven miles beneath the surface. Oh. Okay. Right. I thought it was like seven <laughs> miles from like land. I think it's I think it, that's right, but now I'm wondering if I'm just misremembering the trailer. So they so it's a crew of deep sea researchers that discover a murderous entity seven miles deep in the ocean. So okay, 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 okay. So then yes. the there's an earthquake on the bottom of the ocean floor and the it forces the crew to separate for safety after their lab is destroyed. Unfortunately, the quake also woke up a subterranean creature that's killing off the crew. So they're at some point they have they're like, oh, we have to get to the home base or whatever. And they have to put on like space suits and walk on (laughs) the bottom of the ocean floor. And then they're getting picked off. It's it's kind of like alien, but set on the bottom of the ocean instead of in outer space. I live for these sort of movies. I feel like every actor has to do one of these. I mean, just like a disaster flick or some sort of like worldly (laughs) epidemic sort of thing and i think this is a great chance for kristen stewart to flex her 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 more mainstream muscle because she's been doing a lot of art film films since twilight and stuff so but she's gonna be be in charlie's angels in a couple months which i feel like is very mainstream and also 
when I was watching this, I was thinking, oh, maybe this could be good. This this does seem sort of like an interesting premise. Shelby will love this. Oh, this yeah. seems very <laughs> up her alley. And then it and then it flashes underwater coming to theaters January 10th. I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. This movie's going to be terrible. Yep, dead in the water right now. The actors and this film. <laughs> I mean, you loved Serenity, so that was a January dump. You also loved Isn't It Romantic, which I think was in February, if not January. So uh, maybe, you know, uh, give it a chance because who knows how your taste will uh, shake out. I mean, I might like it, but does that mean that it's going to be a universally acclaimed film? Probably not. There are some people who would argue Serenity's not a great movie. I don't know why, but they would argue that. Yeah. I think it looks like it, it, it is doing what it wants to do. I think it'll be more like serious and like scary-esque than you know something like the meg which is a lot more tongue-in-cheek and sort of stupid and self-aware and chomp chomp and this seems like it is going for that alien vibe that maybe it'll land and maybe it won't but i mean i love a good in peril somewhere where you can't easily escape sort of movie so (laughs) i'm excited it's weird to me that you love this genre which is sort of it's like it's basically a slasher film, except Ew, for instead monsters. of a serial killer <laughs> picking off people, it's a fish eating people. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're usually not that violent. They're usually not that gorific. You know, it's usually if they're not PG thirteen, the death scenes are a lot of like heads being eaten whole instead of like a slasher ripping out the teeth of someone and then torturing someone in a bathroom stall. You know what I mean? So there's just a there's a slight difference to the um energy and enthusiasm the blood bath happens you know mm-hmm. it's interesting though because the third lesser known part of it is about an <laughs> underwater space crew so it could be pennywise that's on the bottom of the ocean <laughs> well so. then i will walk out of that theater and demand my money back <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shelby, you have to give it a chance. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm excited to get into this movie this week. Um, like you said, we're talking about Good Boys, which is the Seth Rogen produced film that's sort of seen as the tweens version of Superbad. Yes, it stars Jacob Tremblay, who you probably know from either Room or Wonder. And he and then two other, you know, 12 year olds who are not famous. They are going through various hijinks that involve a lot of adult themed <laughs> content. And it's it's like a body comedy that's basically funny because it's kids doing like adult things. <laughs> so I'm getting the sense you weren't a fan. I I liked it okay. I didn't uh-huh. love it. I uh, I've <laughs> There, there have been trailers all over the place for it, yeah. and it's been advertised a lot, you know, like, from Seth Rogen, uh, right. here's a comedy, and it suffers a little bit for me from that thing of all of the funniest parts of the movie are in the trailer, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. watching it, I wasn't necessarily super enthused by it. <laughs> I also felt like my main critique with this is that I don't think the movie understood what type of movie it wanted to be in Uh the way that it was writing jokes for me there was two ways that this could go you could either have 
the kids be like very aware of adult things and being like super raunchy and swearing and doing, you, you know, like, and the funny thing is, oh, it's children doing adult things. Like the kids are acting like adults. Mm-hmm. Or you could go the way where the kids don't, where the kids are acting like kids who just encounter these adult situations and are sort of like confused by them and are like, what's this? And you get humor out of the fact that they're, you know, like playing with a dildo and you and they don't realize that it's a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> but I felt like the movie was trying to go both ways at the same time. And so there were parts where i was like unsure of what was of like what was supposed to be funny or not maybe i'm overthinking (laughs) it but that's the whole time i was like this doesn't feel exactly like right like the pieces aren't going together the way i want them to yeah (laughs) i am yeah i mean i'm i enjoyed it i thought it was funny i i think i get what you're saying though it definitely felt sort of haphazard and how it was put together i don't know if i cared as much about like the character angle of not being believable or something or not picking a lane but just like the story itself like it was like trying hard to talk about issues but then also just evolving into sort of this weird comedy that didn't really earn its emotional beats it thought it did but i mean this is done very well for itself it uh open to 21 million debut it's number one in the box office not that there's like a ton to go against but people have been giving it some positive reviews they've been enjoying it it's done really well financially and the comparison that has me sort of nettled about about this movie and its journey to acceptance in mass is just the comparison to book smart which came out earlier this year and which we did an episode on and which is our top film of the year so far. And so I think that's where I was just sort of like, it's strange to me that this movie did so much better than Booksmart because Booksmart did what I think this movie was trying to do in that it it had like its message and it was character driven. And yes, it's like have to get to the party movie, but it does it in such a smart and fresh way that you're just like swept into the characters and stuff. Whereas Good Boys just felt a lot more like super bad and a lot less like, you know, interesting or important or long lasting. And yet this earned in its first week almost as much as Booksmart did in its entire run, which is just shocking to me and just speaks to this like level of um, sexism and either how the movies were pitched or produced and uh, marketed and also how people have reviewed them and supported them. And that's my hot take. Mm, well, <laughs> it wouldn't be the podcast if there wasn't sexism. <laughs> yeah. I think that part of the reason why this movie did better was just the the name brand of it. Booksmart had two actresses in it who were not super well known and also didn't you know, Olivia Wilde directed it, but she's not necessarily like a big name in comedy. There wasn't a by Tina Fey or, you know, mm. like that kind of hook to that where mm-hmm. this is from Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill is also a producer. So that's, you know, a certain brand of comedy that is well established. And then also Jacob Tremblay is like a known star for being very cute. And I think people were interested so to see cute. him in this role where he's, you know, swearing and doing all kinds of other things. (laughs) So 
I can see why pe- more people went to see this in theater because it is more of a known qual- quantity. What I don't understand is how it did so well with the critics getting like right. an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. This feels like a 60% type of movie yeah. to me having watched it. I didn't feel like the plot was super strong. I didn't feel like the jokes were super strong. The conceit of these kids doing adult things I think is funny, but it didn't necessarily go as far as I wanted it to in some <laughs> cases. I don't know. Let's let's kind of just like give a recap of the plot of this movie because I think it is sort of convoluted a little bit. <laughs> Do yeah. you want to take a stab at it? Oh, yeah. Um, well, basically, yeah. So you have the beanbag boys. They're these best friends going into sixth grade and they're kind of insecure about how to navigate the uh, social hierarchy. And you have Max, who's Jacob Tremblay, who's sort of the cool kid in the group. Lucas, starring Keith L. Williams, who is this lovable sort of... <laughs> nerdy kid and then brady noon plays thor who is this guy who loves to sing but is starting to feel like he can't he has to give up his dream because the cool kids are making fun of him and he just wants desperately to be accepted and so the entire sort of premise comes from the max gets invited to a kissing party the first kissing party of their year you know it'll be the first chance to kiss his crush and he swings an invite for his two friends and he decides that they have to go and so basically they're really nervous that they don't know how to kiss and he doesn't want to mess it up so they decide to spy on their neighbor who's this teenage girl in high school and then they get caught with this drone that his dad insisted that he can't ever use but he uses the drone it gets caught Then there's this whole thing where the girls had Molly for a concert in their purse and the boys didn't know this and stole the purse to negotiate a surrender of the drone. And then it turns out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like then they have to get money to buy a new drone. But also the girls are trying to get the marijuana or the Molly. Molly. And so then they're. Uh, like they're chasing the boys yeah, yeah it's at a certain point the girls buy the only drone that's available <laughs> yeah. at the mall and then force the little kids to go break in, or to go into a frat house and get her ex-boyfriend to sell them more molly it's like <laughs> yeah. very confusing and Ew, and all based off the fact that they couldn't just google how to kiss online instead <laughs> they googled porn online were horrified and then decided you know how we should learn to kiss is fly a drone over the neighbor's backyard and hope yeah. that there's someone kissing there and that we can get close <laughs> enough to see anything with the drone. Kids say the darndest things, you know? They're just so dumb. I mean, I think the general premise is definitely silly. But what lost me was like, it ended up not mattering at all because the whole thing is that Max doesn't want to give up on like fixing everything that has gone wrong because if he doesn't fix it, then he won't be allowed to go to the party. And it's like, I have to do this or I won't be allowed to go to the party. He wants to go to the party. But then it turns out his dad obviously finds out that he's been using the drone. He gets grounded in trouble. The friends sort of break up and then they just end up sneaking out anyways, you know? So it was just like all of that was for literally nothing. And so there was no like payoff really. There was no Ferris Bueller moment where it all worked out and you just get to be proud of them for making it work. It just kind of fell apart and didn't end up mattering ever again. 
Yeah, it was interesting. And there's a whole B plot of the movie that's these three friends relationship because they've all been in elementary school together. And at one point, (laughs) one of the girls says, oh, the only reason you guys are friends is because you live near each other and your parents are friends. (laughs) And they're like, oh, well, yeah, but also because we're really close. We're the beanbag boys. And then you realize over the course of the movie that they are sort of growing apart from each other. And the end of the movie is them all kind of going their separate ways, doing their own thing and being like, well, we'll still be friends, but like, we're gonna, we're gonna go do our own thing. So it's not really even a heartwarming ending. (laughs) I mean, it's a more realistic ending, but it's not like a, a fun ending. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I thought these, the thing that I loved about this movie is honestly, all three of these child actors were so cute and adorable and fun and likable. And I honestly would just adopt Lucas immediately. Like he was so cute. He was so funny. I mean, his whole thing is like, he realizes early on that his parents are getting divorced and he doesn't know how to handle it. And there's this whole scene where they're singing some song in choir and he's like openly weeping and it's just, everything he does is delightful. And I think they really carry the film so that I believed in their like friendship and I thought it was really cool that instead of just being like like a R-rated comedy that relies on like fat jokes or fart jokes or sexism or whatever else, it was really just about these boys who all had different personalities, all had different emotions and they were allowed to kind of channel and explore those emotions and it wasn't like only about being a cool kid and it wasn't like us versus them in the end either it was just like oh yeah we are all different and like that's great and we still love each other but we don't always like need each other you know what did you think about Jacob Tremblay in this role because up till now he's I mean he was in room I think he was in a horror movie but he's been fairly like clean cut and <laughs> this movie he's like swearing there he's like running around with a sex doll there's it's like a very body comedy for someone who's so straight laced and I wondered what you thought about like him and his parents deciding <laughs> ah yes this is like a role that would be good for his career I mean I think that's what happened has to be said too is like like you mentioned like these kids were not aware of the things they were doing most of the time like yes they swore they had like dirty mouths but they were so like innocent and naive that you still like felt like this warm little we must protect them at all costs sort of feeling and like even the teenage girls eventually felt that because they were like oh like they're just little babies and it wasn't like setting your kid off to go play some douche as an 11 year old I don't know it's still sort of charming for me so I wasn't necessarily like uncomfortable with it but it was weird because yes that was going on but then the opening scene of the movie is like Jacob Tremblay (laughs) getting ready to masturbate and his dad coming in and being like ah my who's played by Will Forte being like ah yes my son masturbating glad that you're at this point in your life and it's like if you knew how to do that? It feels like you'd be more but aware of some like of these other things going on. I feel like he didn't know how to do that. Like he was making a video game character. Like it seemed like he wasn't really sure what was happening with his body. Like that's how I read it. At least it was just like he wasn't very aware. But he at least knew what that was. <laughs> you know, to be embarrassed by it. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I can see that for sure. There were definitely things where I'm like, you guys have to be smarter than this. Like. 
this isn't a CPR doll, you know? And it's like, <laughs> but they eventually Oh my gosh. <laughs> the scene where they're with, where they're trying to learn how to kiss on the CPR doll, which is actually a sex doll. And Jacob Tremblay kisses and goes, ooh, why is there a hair in the mouth? And pulls like a pube out of his, I was like, this is disgusting. That was one of the high parts of the movie for me. I thought that was very funny. I thought funny. one of the best scenes was obviously crossing the freeway, but it ends with like the sex doll being thrown out of the window and these kids thinking they just caused the murder of a, of a Oh, woman. yes. And <laughs> Keith L. Williams just like vomits on this side yes. of the freeway. It was very fun. Like, I think there were moments where just the charisma of these kids really like elevated the jokes. And I loved the... I loved the scene where they're all, where they're like, oh, there's Atticus. He's like so cool. Yeah. And Atticus <laughs> is like this, this like cool kid in the class is like, we're going to go down by the river and drink a beer. And they're like, nobody's ever had more than three sips of beer, which again, I think is really funny, but I'm like, it, well, like, uh, you're like, like when I was you, 11, I was chugging beer hard. No, but like, but like <laughs> if you're. I feel like if you're the kid who's like stealing beer out of the parents' fridge and also knows what masturbating is, <laughs> that you would like know that okay, you can drink more than three sips. Like well, I, I like the it's idea just so of them. Disgusting that they're just like, oh, it's so hard to drink. You don't even, you won't even like this. It's so gross, but we're gonna do it. But then know? they're like, but then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling it already. I can barely stand <laughs> yeah. up. Like it was really funny, but it, the parts just didn't mesh together for me. <laughs> I think it worked because I mean maybe just because I grew up very naive and I was very sheltered and like little things like could be very you know shocking and that sort of thing so it wasn't like that surprising to imagine a universe where where these kids would be like such tryhards and think they're cool but they're actually super lame super young super naive and like I don't know I just thought they did it so well and the other thing I liked is that is that these like villains, these like, you know, hard edged kids were actually just like weirdos too. Like the other cool kid was like this really suave. I don't even know what his deal was, but I just like that they were just so different than maybe the tropes you would expect when it comes to like a school comedy. And like even just the way all the friends, I don't know. There were just so many delightful things that played together like the scab the the school committee against bullying group that ended up oh gosh like i just loved the little things like that i think one of my favorite parts of the movie was these two girls who are the (laughs) ones who have the molly and they're trying to then they keep running into the boys over and over and over again in a film and one of them i was like i recognize this girl and she is from booksmart so she's in two comedies Ooh. this summer. <laughs> and Will Forte was in both. Oh my gosh, that's so much overlap. She <laughs> played the like um the girl who's like triple A or whatever her name was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But so the way she has her hair, she looks very different, but I was like, she I've seen her somewhere and then I Googled her. But I liked that these I liked the interactions with these girls and how they were trying to like take down the boys especially <laughs> at one point where the uh, one of the girls is like is basically accosting the boys in front of the public school and they're like she's her like she's trying to touch me inappropriately <laughs> and then the girl's like i gotta get out of here and just like yeah. hightails it because she doesn't want to be 
called a molester. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie worked for me just because it was fun to not necessarily the hijinks and not necessarily the things these boys got into, but just they were just a delight to watch. And like Lucas at one point has his arm dislocated and it's just so funny. Oh, yeah. Watching them try to put it back in. And it just is there's just something so charming about these weirdo kids that I just loved. Did you hear at all about the blackface controversy that happened with this movie? I just read about it. This was, yeah, I hadn't heard anything about this before the film, but when I was doing my research on it, I found it. So Keith L. Williams is a black kid and he's in the movie. And I guess when they, there were these photos leaked from the set of his stand in, (laughs) like, um, you know, when they're filming a lot of times, in order to get the lighting right and the camera angles, they'll have a stand-in stand where the actor is supposed to be and they're like roughly the same height. And so that mm-hmm. way they can get all of the all of the equipment set up without having to have the actor stand there for like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So the stand-in for Keith, I guess they, these pictures came out of him in the movie with like blackface on and all of these people were like, oh my gosh, they hired a white actor and then put blackface on him as the stand-in like this is terrible it turned out that he was also black but just like a lighter shade so they put this makeup on and i guess they do this fairly regularly in movies well not the not the blackface part well no that they put you in makeup to give you the same complexion as the star so that they have different uh so that when they're setting up the lighting you know it's like if you're paler than gwyneth paltrow or what whatnot that they're not setting up the lighting for the same way but then seth myers or seth rogan was got dragged for this and had to come out and release a statement saying that he wouldn't do this again that he would just (laughs) hire a stand-in who had the same shade of skin as the actor so it was a whole big thing um, but I, I thought it was fairly entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that was also, I mean, that's sort of like Seth Rogen doesn't seem like the most woke person on earth. So I wasn't surprised about that story, but I was surprised in the movie that they did such a good job of kind of elevating some of the comedy where, where instead of poking fun at this idea of consent, they sort of made it like an endearing recurring joke where these boys were very aware of like, of women's issues and like these consent is brought up multiple times and i thought it was like nice that it wasn't the butt of the joke for once like it wasn't like you know they had to punch down at like all these issues and be like oh people take things too seriously nowadays like we can have fat jokes we can have transphobic jokes like this 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 and instead it was like all the jokes were either about like you know, body comedy or comedy, but it was never like at the expense of someone or some issue that I ever noticed, at least. I liked when they, the first scene with they have with the sex dummy where (laughs) they're like, okay, we're going to practice kissing it. And Jacob Tremblay sort of leans forward and they're like, oh no, wait, you have to ask her for your (laughs) consent first. So he's like, oh, can, can I kiss you? And then one of the other boys is like, yes, of course. So then he leans in and kisses him. (laughs) No, he's like, why do you want to? <laughs> he has to say why he likes. Oh why yes, he likes the girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little extra layer, but yes. no, it was it was sweet, and I think that's why it sort of like was better than the plot. Maybe would have allowed me to rank it anyways. Was just its sweetness. Like it was just, it was surprisingly sweet. <laughs> 
I was surprised that for an R movie, it did not go harder in the R yeah. category. Yeah. Like, I, I was envisioning other movies like, for example, Blockers or The Hangover, which really have these over-the-top scenes like in Blockers when the couple is like wandering around the house naked and (laughs) they're in in, like some kind of weird sex game and then the parents get involved in it accidentally. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember why. Or like in The Hangover, obviously all of the nudity that's in those like photos at the end of the movie. And I was surprised, especially in the frat house segment, that they didn't like press (laughs) that harder. For going to a frat house in a movie, there really wasn't very much frattiness other than there was one kid in a diaper. Oh, right. (laughs) I like wanted more. That's true. I there were no like, there was no nudity actually was there. No, and there really wasn't any sex at all in the movie. Like I would I would be I was surprised that they didn't stumble upon something at some point. (laughs) But other than the sex doll and them watching porn like at the very beginning. Yeah. We didn't really. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't get to see that since it seems like that's what you really <laughs> wanted. <laughs> yes. But I mean, I just thought it was a nice look at a refreshing look at male friendship and like a modern sort of R rated comedy that didn't lean on the same tropes, even though it touched a lot of the same notes that like you see in Superbad and stuff. And so I thought it was like. It was nice. It wasn't as good as Booksmart, and I'll always resent that it's doing better. But I can see why, like, it has its charm. Yeah, and you can't begrudge three cute little boys. Yeah, they're so cute. (laughs) I'm excited to see what they do next with their career. Yeah. Would you say that people should go see this movie now or later or never? I would say later. Like, I liked it, but I don't think you have to see it in theaters by any means. Yeah, I would agree. This feels very much like a rent it from Amazon or like it'll show up in Netflix or something at some point. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no big hurry. No, rash, no water no cooler <laughs> moment talking points here. Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to stand by your water cooler and say, oh, good boys could have used more naked people in that frat house. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Am no, I right? nobody else. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, so do you have the winners and losers for this week? I'm I do. I do. Cue the music. The winners are middle school drama teachers. (laughs) Little known fact, but middle school drama teachers have free reign to select whatever show they want to perform, regardless (laughs) of the content. Want to watch 11-year-olds snort cocaine and seduce roadies? Pick Rock of Ages. Maybe you'd rather watch a bunch of tween coal miners become strippers for a good cause. Go with the full Monty. But my personal choice would be to watch sixth graders murder sixth graders with old-timey barber tools and feed the corpses of other sixth graders (laughs) in Sweeney Todd. So why not become a junior high school drama teacher? The sky's the limit and you're a winner. (laughs) I loved that, the Rock of Ages. I thought that was such a brilliant way to pass show the passage of time and growth and then have it really only be three weeks later. Yeah, that was really funny (laughs) that at the end, uh, Jacob Tremblay's character is going through like multiple breakups and getting new (laughs) girlfriends. And then you realize it's only been three weeks and it's classic (laughs) middle school relationships where you're just like going through them real quick. (laughs) Okay, what's the loser? 
The loser is Loose Boots Monica. Oh Remember that wonderfully <laughs> funny, gone too soon 2018 comedic masterpiece, Rel? I'm sure you do. And seeing Rel playing Lucas's dad made me depressed that that show, along with the greatest character in the history of television, was canceled. <laughs> Loose Boots Monica, we will remember you forever. We're sorry you and your very unattractive two loose boots were cut so soon. You may be a loser in the ratings, but never in our hearts. Well, maybe in our hearts. I mean, that's amazing that you even remembered that, but... But did you watch the show? Because I think it was canceled by because of a lack of viewership. So, Look, I watched that one episode <laughs> for our rankings podcast, and it was yeah. great and iconic, and I never went show. back and watched yeah. more, but I liked that joke. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad we got to revisit it now. You know, I'm happy for you. I still see people sometimes with wearing loose boots and think about, oh my gosh, loose boots, Monica. How funny. Oh man, that is insane. (laughs) I'm sorry that you did not like that show. You were the one who who was watching um, Sexual Assaulter, The Rookie. No. (laughs) Instead. Uh, Ready for the lightning round? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Could you please, for me, name your two best friends from sixth grade and tell me what they're doing now? Okay, sixth grade was probably Cecilia. Um, and I guess I don't remember another name off the top of my head because I don't remember when I met her, but um, you only had Janessa, one friend in sixth grade. Well, first of all, um, no, but I don't remember all of their names because Cecilia was the only one who really stuck with me because I, uh, you don't remember anybody from sixth grade's name? I could name 20 people Listen, that I knew I'm in sixth bad. grade. I'm bad. I'm bad with names. And also my class of my school of um of peers was smaller because sixth grade is when I was homeschooled. So it was just uh-huh. a little so bit. So it's just you. <laughs> yeah, it was me. So your mom would be the friends. answer to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I um I just have a really bad memory. Like, honestly, I do. I, my husband is someone who remembers faces of people like that he encountered one time at a grocery store. And I'm like the opposite. Like if I ran into someone who I was close with in high school, I would probably still not know their name, you know, like it's sad, but it's true. If I don't like have a constant reminder of your name, then I just, it just, (laughs) you know, Oh my gosh. I'm just waiting for the day that we have, you know, a month break from the podcast. And then I text yeah. you, who, wait, who is I mean, this? Mike, what? I have no yeah. recollection of this. What? We did, yeah. I did a podcast? Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like Gwyneth Paltrow. But who mm. are your friends? Give them a shout out. Maybe they'll uh, remember you too. Um, in sixth grade, my best friend's name was Aaron. He now lives in San Francisco and works it for like some kind of tech company of some variety. Um, and I'm trying to think who else would have been like my other good friend. Oh, in wow. Grade. Look at this. Well, Can't no. think of okay. a name. <laughs> no, I can name a whole Moving lot on, of people. Matt only uh, remembers Jessie's. one person. <laughs> How dare you? You want me to just sit here and name off people <laughs> from my sixth grade class? Because yeah, I'll sure. do it. Catherine yeah. Lorman, Rachel Coleman, Dan Thalen, Dylan Shaw, Sarah Lillibow. You have to tag them on Twitter so that they know they got a shout out. Oh, Jordan. Jordan Kennedy. That would be my other oh, best 
best friend. Okay, it's great. Okay. And she worked for the governor of Michigan. And now oh, you would so like fancy. this. Now she is in charge of Michigan's um, college sexual assault hotline. Oh, cute. Very cool. So, Very yeah. nice. Well, hello to all your sixth grade friends. I'm, I'm yeah. proud of them for sticking it with you. Who knows if they're listening, but yeah. they're... Uh, <laughs> They They're great to you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So given the three characters, the three main characters in this movie, well, actually we can open it up. What character did you identify with most? Oh gosh. See, that is tough because <laughs> I feel like as, as myself now, I would probably relate mostly to, um, like, uh, Atticus, the, the, the <laughs> The douchey sixth grader who's like too popular and hates everybody. Um, But at the time, I think I would have probably been one of the people in the anti-bullying group. I was very much a tattletale bookworm rat so that's not it took me years to get over that i would say i was a lucas which is the sweet enduring black kid and he was just so funny and so cute and so naive and so innocent and that was me for sure for sure i had no game no talent i was just the nice person (laughs) and look at us now neither (laughs) of us are nice Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Um, So what is your pitch for Good Boys 2? I want a title and I want to know the plot. Okay, Good Boys 2. Um, It would be, it will be Good Girls and it, oh, that's a TV show already. But it would be a movie and it would be about... um, three girls who don't like boys and they have their own club where they read American girl novels and they decide that they want to, (laughs) um, I don't know, like go and clean up a park and they all fight over a dog that they want to adopt. And there's not a single boy in the whole movie. And it's just girls being cute and funny and um, playing with puppies. (laughs) You want to know a movie that would not make as much money as Booksmart? It would be that movie. That sounds so I mean, dull. I uh, I have to I have to iron it out and um, really flesh out the details, but something along those lines. Thrilling, thrilling. Yeah. Maybe they help an elderly woman cross the street yeah. at some point. It feed the be, birds. It wouldn't in a local be popular, but it would mean a lot to the girls like me who who could self identify and finally see themselves on the big screen. <laughs> Mm, yes. Mm. Uh, I am going to call it Good Boys 2 Better Boys. <laughs> and <laughs> in the plot of my movie, all three of the boys end up in Las Vegas because their parents are taking them there on a vacation and somehow oh. they get separated and hijinks ensue. I feel See, like for a second movie in a time, comedy, you, yeah. you need to, you need to travel. Um, travel. That's like mm. what you do. You gotta yeah, go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You had time to think about that, so that's not fair. I think, I think a cruise ship would also be a good um, Ooh, locale. Yes. So something like that. Um, okay, so let's say, um, let's say you can only adopt one child. Who are you going to adopt from the m- movie? Yeah. Uh, I think I also want Atticus, the douchey kid. <laughs> 
You're like, yeah, I can handle this. Yeah, <laughs> me, me, me. my wing. Yeah. With, the, with the slicked back hair. <laughs> yeah. I think I would do um, Jacob Tremblay or Lucas because they're just the sweetest ones. And, and they both seem like good kids at heart. Thor seems a little much, you know? Here's a question for you. Would you ever become like a stage mom? Like if your child was like... <laughs> Mom, I love acting. I want to be in the movies. And she's, you know, like 10 years old. Would you say, yes, we're going to like take you to some some auditions or whatever? Like, like how far, how far would you let them go? I talk about this a lot because I think in some ways it's really, (laughs) really disturbing. But in other ways, it's like, I think if you can tell your kid is talented and they're interested, then like, yeah, sure. But like, sometimes I think about like... (laughs) stop me if I get too off track but like the gymnasts you know like Olympic gymnasts the fact that they had to start when they were like three years old I'm like do they even know that that's what they want to do that that's what they want their whole life to be and that's just like how do you where's that line as a parent where you like push a kid to be their best and to do the most and and like supporting a child who maybe doesn't want to do that you know so I think it would have to I would have to know that they're talented you know like I would have to have seen it in like you know like Justin Bieber you you could see it or or like I can't think of a child that were and that worked well <laughs> yeah I would I would be a better stage mom if that was my kid I would hope but um I guess it would depend on my child you know just keeping that door open that uh, having that line of communication ready so that we could explore that route together i feel like i would just downright refuse any oh, really any kind of like i'd be like you can be in the school play and that's oh, it like my we're word. not doing i would have thought you. you would have been so into that because it'd be like a it'd be a pathway for your fame and fortune you know well yes <laughs> yes that does make sense but i also feel like i would I just want my kids to have a very normal right. upbringing because mm-hmm. I think that's what makes the best people. For sure. And so I would not want to raise horrid children, <laughs> child stars. And I feel the same way about like Olympians. There's nobody at the Olympics who had like a normal parent no, not at all, because yeah. like, cause it's you not can't. possible to be yeah. that good at something that young and have a parent who didn't force you to do things because mm-hmm. no child <laughs> is like doing that of their own volition, you know? Yeah. yeah for Like sure. nobody's working out 16 hours a day as a 13 year old <laughs> as like, ah, yes, I'm doing this cause I want to. Yeah. That's definitely like a parent who's like, I could have been a star and I wasn't <laughs> so Get back in the pool, Jim. <laughs> but what about all those LG commercials that come out and it's like, oh, we love our moms, you know, around the Olympics. Well, because it, the, <laughs> by the time the by the time the Olympian is at the Olympics, like they're off at some training center. They never see their mom. Their mom <laughs> is like at home and has put on weight and, you know, like will look good in a commercial with an apple pie in their hands. And so that's why they cast them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a that's a take. That's what that is. So. Um, okay, are you ready to play a quick game of Price is Right? Okay. <laughs> so in this movie, 
they sell a sex doll to a very creepy man <laughs> and for enough money to buy a drone. And mm-hmm. I was wondering how much money does an actual sex doll cost? So using the incognito browser on my phone, <laughs> I <laughs> I Googled this. No shame and, if you already knew. Okay, it's yeah, fine. <laughs> mm, yes, I knew off the top of my head, guys. I have a number of these. Um, so I went to, I found a website called yourdoll.com and I want you to guess how much a sex doll costs. I would say like 1200. Uh, it would be higher than that. Oh, really? Are these like high end sex dolls? I don't know. I only went to one website. (laughs) They did. They didn't look like super realist. They would look kind of cartoony, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so Two thousand higher. No, four thousand. Yes. No, lower than that. They cost, and this this is also great marketing. Two thousand sixty nine ninety. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. So yeah, I knew they were. I knew it was worth more than five hundred and fifty dollars. That's for sure. Yes. But- I've also like I've never seen one in real life. I I feel like I like how <laughs> like how good can they be? The, like are they worth this, this amount of money? NSFW I don't think they are. Of the podcast, yeah. this is what well, you one of building up one to. Of, <laughs> we also talked about masturbation at dildos at a various points. So you know various things, but but yes, I was like <sighs> how like. Uh, why? Like, this is a lot of money for something that I feel like isn't going to be that satisfying. Hey, don't knock it till you try it, you know? I mean, I guess. <laughs> also, we never meet his parents in the movie, right? Uh, who's, yeah. Whose parents We see is his it? mom. Uh, Thor's his mom parents, comes and yells at his little sister. Because they are into some kinky stuff. Yeah. Gotta keep that romance alive, I guess. Uh, do you have any other questions? Um, I mean, no. I I don't think I can top that revelation. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there you have it, folks. If you yeah. have $2,699 lying around your house, <laughs> you could buy a life-size sex doll from yourdoll.com. <laughs> this is not an advertisement. They are paying us <laughs> no money for this placement. We're now sponsored by yourdoll.com. Yourdoll.com, yes. Uh, Shelby, maybe reach out to them and see if we can get like a, yeah. a coupon code yeah. so we can get our listeners 10% off their first doll. Yeah, I'll use an incognito wow. browser for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very <laughs> no important shame. in all these dealings. Um, well, this has been a great episode. I'm excited for next week's episode. Yes. We are talking about Lover, Taylor Swift's new album, which is out this Friday. Yeah, yes. it'll be a crossover event with my co-host from my other podcast, Swiftish. So go follow us there or listen to our old episodes to get a sense for what we talk about, what we'll be bringing to the table. But for sure, join us next week when we (laughs) talk this out with Matt, who is a known Taylor hater. So yes, for sure, for sure. (laughs) And until then, you can follow us on social media. We're at PS You're Wrong. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and have a Gmail account at, at PS or PS wrong at gmail.com. <laughs> yes, that's our email. That's an or email. you can 
you yes uh or you can leave us a review at apple Podcasts, which would be fantastic a lot of wonderful people are leaving us reviews and you could be one of them and we Mm -hmm. read the reviews on the pop culture roundup so if you have something to say if you have some insider knowledge about sex dolls that you would like (laughs) us to examine on the podcast leave us a review (laughs) we'd be very thankful yeah, okay well that's enough of that <laughs> we'll see you guys next week bye 